uh, online education requires rehearsal. <laughs> and so if you are trying tools, whether you know them or not, it's good to try them out and make sure that, yeah, they do work the way you want them to. And always put yourself in the students' shoes, right? What are they, what's it going to look like from their perspective? I know some tools are really handy, like if you use Moodle, for example, you can switch over to student view and see what they're seeing. And when you look at that, you can go, oh, okay, I missed a step here. Or maybe I need uh, you know, some more uh, information or, or whatever, uh, or to reorganize the, the organization of that information. I think other, another thing to keep in mind is, is that Zoom fatigue, I guess we call it, <laughs> uh, where, where when we're working with students online, uh, it's not like face-to-face. Face-to-face, you're in front of them all day long, right? And I always think back to September, school startup, that first week or two, the end of the day, a teacher's voice is gone because they'd be talking all day and they haven't been used to it all summer. Uh, well, it's different online. You don't have to do that. Uh, you can choose little snippets out of your day to have those conversations. And so I think one thing to keep in mind is how much time do you really need to spend face-to-face -face with your kids uh, to get them to do the work that they need to do? You know, could you have provided them with a video tutorial or an audio instruction that would have done the same thing uh, that would free you up for maybe one-on-one -on -one time with them? Um, those are, are considerations to make. Uh, but I think it's important uh, not only for your own, you know, well-being, for the students, right? Uh, kids, as you know, they, they need to move around. And uh, being stuck in a chair all day uh, in front of a camera is not good for them for the mental health or for the physical health. And so uh, to give them opportunities to get up and get moving, I think is really important. Uh, and uh, we can only do that if we turn that camera off and give them that time to go and do that. And so that's something to structure into your day is some physical activity, uh, but to also keep in mind if you're giving them that asynchronous piece where they're gonna go off and work, it's okay if they finish early and, and go and play as long as they know that they need to come back at a certain point to do, you know, some more work. Uh, but, uh, but I think it's important to, you know, provide those expectations. And uh, like, you know, I talked about communication and all that sort of, you know, thing, um, timetables. If you've got all those in place, then it's going to make your life so much easier. But I think uh, another really important thing is, uh, is leaning on other people. Uh, if you're new to the online world, um, you know, whether it's by choice or, you know, you've been voluntold that you're doing that, uh, then talk to people. Um, if you don't have a cohort, uh, it, it's going to be really difficult. But um, some schools I know won't have those, uh, but there's lots of people out there online that have fantastic resources. They have answers for the questions that you have. And it doesn't take long to, to dig around, even on YouTube, to find that there are some instructors out there that have just a plethora of information about all things online, uh, whether it's assessments or tools or, or what have you, uh, how to set up their desk even. Um, it's amazing. So there's always information to, to go and, and find. I think that's really important to tap into that. But if you can, if you can chat with other people, do it. Uh, it's great to bounce ideas off of each other to see if there's common issues, especially if you're working within the same school or school division. If you're seeing those things, then that needs to be brought to the attention of, of leadership. Say, look, 
this needs to be fixed. This is a problem. Uh, it's hampering our ability to do our online education with our students. And so, uh, so yeah, I think those are, are definitely some uh, useful tips. Um, yeah, there's, like I said, there's so many different things to consider, but uh, having that framework, those expectations, that timetable, uh, and like I said, keep it simple to begin with, use what you know, and then build from there. And uh, yeah, uh, eventually you'll be up and running. And um, that is a bit of, uh, of a learning curve for some people. Make it your own. It's just like your regular classroom. If, if you make it your own, it means something to you and it's more meaningful for your students. And so it's about thinking kind of uh, about all the different ways that you could do something um, with an assignment. How could you create something where students would be able to give you the information that shows that they've met the learning outcomes and objectives uh, in a meaningful way? But yeah, it, it's important not to, to feel too overwhelmed at the beginning and know that a lot of people are out there, they're in the same boat and, uh, and, and they're, they're surviving. Uh, and to, you know, to reach out, uh, reach out to people like us, that's what we're here for. Um, and uh, yeah, we don't pretend to be have all the answers by any means, but uh, but yeah, there's certain tips and tricks that uh, can make people's lives so much easier. Um, it certainly makes you more flexible as an instructor. You brought up talking to the leaders in terms of teachers finding the things that they need and and overcoming any obstacles. Any suggestions for leaders who might be new to leading a virtual school? Yeah, uh, I think leaders really need to be aware of all those little nuances, you know, uh, like I said about communication, that is such a huge, huge part of it. Um, but uh, yeah, just being uh, that patient manager who is going to listen to their staff and, and, you know, try to address their needs and to uh, work with people's strengths. You can, you know, team them up. Uh, you can mentor people. You might uh, have people that you know have a stronger skill set in one area than another. Um, I think the other thing with, with that leadership piece is, uh, is understanding what your limitations are as far as the technology is concerned. So there definitely needs to have uh, you know, a conversation with IT um, with, uh, with what it is that you're, you're trying to accomplish and whether it's actually doable. Uh, there's price tags attached to everything. And so that is a, a real big um, piece to consider. And I always think that, you know, online teachers sometimes feel that they don't get um, the same budgetary backup as their face-to-face -face teachers do. Uh, but I, I always think of it like this. If I'm in a face-to-face -face class and I'm spending X number of dollars on photocopying, well, if I'm an online teacher, why wouldn't I be able to take that budget and put it towards software that I would use with my students? And I think there needs to be a balance and people need to see that you're considering that. Um, otherwise, they're, they're gonna feel neglected <laughs> uh, because there's a lot of teachers that pay out of their pocket for those things. And I get it, I've done that because I wanted those things and um, yeah, that, that's a choice you make as an instructor, but ultimately, if you can get support from leadership with that, um, that, 
just makes it so much easier for everybody. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think leadership really needs to you know get in there and see uh, you know what the structure is like. They think about instructional design um, from uh, you know the actual layout, digital layout of, of classes. You know there needs to be consistency throughout every grade level. Um, there needs to be consistency with assessment. There needs to be consistency with communication. Um, all those sorts of things, and they need to come from leadership because if it doesn't, then the teachers are going to be lost, right? They might have an idea of what they need to do, but um, you know, leadership really needs to be able to say, "Look, this is what we need," uh, and so that's that's a big ask. Um, and I don't expect you know leaders to be technically adept themselves necessarily, but they need to be able to answer those questions uh, or to provide that guidance. And so if they don't know like anybody else in education, you're gonna go find those answers, right? I think that support piece really needs to be there. Uh, I think there needs to be ongoing support from leadership to say, look, uh, if you have issues with families and students that we're still there for you, uh, that we understand that you might not have a hallway to walk down to the main office to talk to me about it, but you can give me a call, we can, you know, go on Zoom or, or Google Meet and, and have a conversation about that. Because I think that's really important too. Um, I think uh, leaders really need to embrace that and take that time uh, to have conversations with those instructors. Just like those instructors have that conversation with their students. Uh, you know, make it a bit casual, see how they're doing. It's, you know, it's testing the, the temperature of the water, right? Uh, see if there, there's, places where you can get them the help that they need if they need it. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of things to consider, uh, you know, for, uh, for leadership. Um, and, and even uh, from a curriculum standpoint is just helping instructors navigate through what those outcomes are uh, in an online environment. How do they translate? And so I think it's good to have sessions where we can bounce those ideas back and forth off of each other or look at external um, areas where we can get help uh, with those sorts of things um, because people look to leaders uh, you know for for help and for support and uh, I think that's that's hugely important um, and yeah if you've got a, a, a strong leader that that's there to lend an ear and to you know uh, to give you a pat on the back and and support you it'll make your online teaching experience a lot more positive. Um, yeah, it, it, it's really nice to know you've got somebody in your corner. Uh, don't be afraid to get in there. I mean, it's no different than walking down the hallway and popping your head into a classroom. Um, you're gonna go in and, and say hi and, and hang out and, and see how things are and, and kids might have questions for you or they might not. And uh, it's a great way to, you know, uh, have a presence and, and let people know that you're available. And uh, I think uh, that that's key, you know, letting people know your door is always open is really important. We haven't addressed the, the elephant in the room that I hear quite often out there. And it's that the kids that have opted to stay home for online learning are quite often those kids whose needs are complex. Mm. And so any thoughts on how differentiated supports might be addressed in the online environment and how we can support those kids at home? Yeah, this is a real, like you said, it is the elephant in the room. Um, you know, with a brick and mortar 
school and you have uh, the supports that are literally in the classroom. Uh, they, you know, you've got your, your EAs or TAs or, or however you want to call them, whatever school division you're in, they're all different. Um, but, uh, but it doesn't mean that that can't happen online. And so I know with, uh, with some schools, what they'll do is they'll book online time, um, either with an instructor or a teacher aide, where they can help uh, those students with, uh, with some of that information. But there's a ton of software tools uh, that make uh, information uh, universally uh, digestible. And so if you've got uh, you know, the need for a scribe uh, or, or someone uh, to read to you, all, there's so many programs that will do that for you. You can talk to your computer, it'll write it down. Um, you can have your computer read to you. You know, I think of my wife right now, she's taking some courses and all of her textbooks are online and she has a textbook reader. She doesn't even read it. <laughs> Don't drive me nuts, but, <laughs> but yeah, there's tools out there to, to help students. Um, it's just knowing them and, and how to, uh, to, to help. I think a big part of that is, is bringing parents in and, and guardians, uh, people at home that are helping out the, the students because really that becomes their role in a lot of ways. And so if you can show them those tools to help them, that, that really goes a long way. But yeah, you're right, it, it is a big conversation to have. Um, and I'm still navigating through uh, what could be, you know, very well be some of those best practices in, in that realm. Um, yeah, so it, it is, is tricky. Uh, you know, how do we provide that one-on-one -on -one support um, without having a kid on the camera all day long? Uh, you know, we need to be able to provide them tools to be successful on their own. Um, and um, yeah, I think uh, that's something that uh, we definitely need to uh, be cognizant of for sure. Okay, and then I'm going to throw the other question to you that I hear all the time is, how can I make sure that a assessment is authentic? How can I make sure that it's the kids that are actually doing the learning? <laughs> right. <laughs> I think the key uh, is, is having a conversation with kids and asking them about what they know. With our, our opportunities to have that you know, one-on-one -on -one conversations about students, you can ask them about some of those key uh, bits and pieces of their learning and they'll know them or they won't. And uh, I, I think that that is one of those, you know, places where you can catch out whether they're doing it. But we really have to take, you know, uh, you know give them the benefit of the doubt, right? <laughs> uh, if parents are going to try to do work for their kids, it's not going to help them. Um, they're ultimately going to struggle uh, down the road. And so, uh, so yeah, eventually it's going to come out and they're, they're, it's going to put them so much further behind. Uh, but yeah, I think having conversations with, with kids is key. Uh, it tells you whether they know what they know. But really, the, the proof comes out in their work in class. You know, if you've got a lot of interactive live activities with students, um, you'll quickly see which ones are getting it and which ones aren't. Um, and so th that really speaks to it. You know, if people are continually giving those types of assessments where it's like, here's a quiz. Uh, you know, here's a test, here's a written thing. Um, those are great, and you know, we need those. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily give us those clues as to what they're really learning. And I think um, uh, one, one thing I would suggest, and this isn't a fit for everybody, is project-based learning. Uh, and if you're working with projects, uh, with groups, uh, or even on your own, 
Um, when it, you work in that sort of learning environment, you're taking ownership over that learning. So we really see that process. And that can work at any grade level. It's amazing what kind of projects you can come up with. And so um, the nice thing about it is that you can hit up many different curricular outcomes from all across the board. You know, you can hit up all your core uh, subject areas and option areas within a project. And so, um, so yeah, there's lots of ways to, to think about how can I get uh, a meaningful assessment out of my, my students um, by having them demonstrate their learning. And so, uh, so yeah, I think the project is really nice. I've taken up a lot of your time today and I appreciate you spending it with me. Do you have any last thoughts you'd like to share with our audience around online learning and what you think is to come for its future? Yeah, uh, I can't say enough good things about online learning and it's not because I'm immersed in it. I, I really think it has uh, a lot of traction for uh, the future of education um, globally. Uh, and uh, I think it really opens up the doors to, uh, to flexibility um, within uh, learning for students. Uh, I think that for instructors, um, a lot of instructors, this is new and it, it can be quite daunting, but it can be very rewarding as well. And I always think of, uh, you know, times when I worked with staff in technology and I would have some of those teachers that were, you know, doing they had been doing the same thing and it worked very well for them for a long time and they were really resistant at first and you work with them one-on-one -on -one and you get them to you know try it out and they get to see oh man this is actually not so bad and those people end up becoming your champions and and saying look i've been doing this for so long and then i see this new way of doing it and it's better and it made my workload easier. <laughs> uh, why would I go back? I don't think it's gonna go away anytime soon. I think that um, a lot of parents uh, have really realized that, yeah, this is a great option for my family. And so, um, so yeah, that's a nice thing. Now we're in a, in a place where people are thinking about structure and, and thinking about, you know, how do we do this and maintain it? And it's really changed how things have rolled out. And yeah, it's made it a, a meaningful uh, and usable uh, system for, for education. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's a, a great thing. Um, I, yeah, I can't say enough good things about it. <laughs> well, I, I think you and I are both very fortunate in the roles that we have to be able to connect with educators that are rolling this out for students. And uh, I know that I'm excited to have you as part of the team because the, the wealth of knowledge that you bring and the enthusiasm that you have for it is absolutely invigorating and energizing. So thank you, Colin, for your time today. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure.